The Productive Woman, Episode 283. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'll be sharing with you my conversation with former Wall Street financial professional and current international life and career coach, Maida Pauk. You'll find more information about Maida, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 283. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. I have a question for those of you who own or operate a small business. Do you remember when you started your small business? It was no small feat. It took a lot of late nights, early mornings, maybe even the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, running a small business takes a lot of time, energy, and hard work. So why not make things a little easier? Well, our friends at FreshBooks have a solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. You can file expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time, which is coming up as I'm recording this. And the best part, FreshBooks grows alongside your business. So you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Join the 24 million people, including me, who've used FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. Just visit freshbooks.com slash TPW and enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section to get started. That's freshbooks.com slash TPW. I'm so pleased to introduce to the productive woman listeners, Maida Puck. After more than 15 years in the financial industry, working around the world in places like Paris, London, and New York City, Maida left investment banking and Wall Street to become an international life and career coach, focusing on helping executives find more zen, fulfillment, and purpose in their daily lives and in their careers. Today, Maida is a coach and a certified hypnosis practitioner based in New York City, where she lives with her husband of 30 years and their chartreux cat, Chesterfield. I have really been looking forward to talking with Maida about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Maida. Well, thank you, Laura. Thank you for inviting me. And it's really my pleasure uh, to be here and to service your community and your listeners. Well, I'm so glad you could take the time to talk with me. Um, I shared a little bit from uh, about who you are, uh, but, but before we go too deep into this, maybe you could expand a little bit on what I shared. Anything else that, uh, that you might think we need to know as we talk about how you get productive and how you get the things done that matter to you? Um, what, what else can you tell us about yourself? I can 
tell you a couple of things about myself. The first one is that I have this dual experience of working in a corporate for a big part of my life. And uh, the corporate in, ca- in that case is an investment banking. Um, investment banking are places where work-life balance does not really exist, yet there are ways to make it happen. And uh, one of the things that I like to share with people is that throughout this experience in, in investment banking and corporate America, um, I went through a life challenge, as you may call it. I was at some point in my life, towards the end of my career there, diagnosed with advanced cancer. And um, the hi- highly perfectionist person that I am uh, decided that I wanted to do it all together. So going to chemotherapy and um, working, starting at four in the morning until nine, nine in the evening, working with my teams in Hong Kong, uh, Europe and the, the Americas. It was a bit crazy, but this allowed me to develop strategies. It allowed me to find also my place um, in a corporate, to, it allowed me to find and express my, my boundaries. In a way, working with cancer in these kind of stressful situations was um, a bit of a saving grace for me because all of a sudden I had an excuse in a way to pause for a second and to say, well, hold on, there are things that are not working for me here and to find the courage to go and express them. So today, uh, where I am now, where I am a self-employed person, where my day is also about finding the motivation to be self-reliant, to keep myself going, um, I also use a lot of these strategies, um, despite the fact that my work schedule is by far not as crazy as it was before. Um, The good part about being self-employed is that I am my own boss, but I also need uh, to take into account the needs of my businesses. And while at times they're super, they supersede my own needs, I'm also capable now to be productive, to um, manage a schedule, but also to experiment different strategies that I can then communicate to my clients and certainly a lot of them work in, in corporate America and it's not every day extremely easy because there are a lot of them are women and they are, you know, juggling life and family and some of them have kids as well, plus the requirements of the work, of the job itself. So I am quite, I'm going to say, please, <laughs> that a template in a way for other people to decide what works for them, what doesn't, and to customize strategies that are theirs and theirs only that um, they can use in the long run that are sustainable, but mostly that it's almost as if they don't need to think about it. It becomes a reflex for them, being productive, managing to the extent possible the stress, managing your schedule and, and what you have, what have you. 
And that's something that we talk about, what what you were just saying about each of us finding what works for us. That's something we talk about on this podcast a lot, that what works for one person isn't going to work for another person. Um, but if we try different things, we hear from different people about what's working for them, give it a try, see if it works. If it doesn't, we, we, we try something else. And so it's neat that you, your life, uh, I, I mean, it's neat, but it's, I'm, I'm certainly sorry that you were diagnosed with cancer, but it sounds to me like you've taken that experience as a, a challenge to overcome and to develop different strategies that have worked for you that now you can share with other people. Maida, your bio talks about the various places you have worked in your career. Where are you from originally? Uh, it's a long story, uh, but I'm going to shorten it. I uh, grew up in the Middle East. I was born in France, grew up in the Middle East, uh, in Syria. My family is Lebanese, Armenian, a lot of different things as well, which is quite typical, I'm going to say, of, of Middle Eastern people. Um, mm-hmm. My parents left Syria when I was 11 years old um, to go to France for a lot of different reasons. And then I spent uh, the second part of my childhood and part of my adult life in France. So I was educated in France and I worked for a bit in France. Then um, opportunities opened up uh, with my husband at the same time, so it was uh, it was very neat. <laughs> we both left to London, and the same way we both left also to New York, that we call home now. But you've been around a little bit. Well, we're going to talk about uh, some of the the strategies that you referred to that have helped you manage the different roles that you play and the different commitments that you've made. But before we get into kind of that nitty gritty, I think it's always helpful to have a little context for those things, for what works for you and in terms of what your situation is. And so if there is such a thing for you as a typical day what would that look like? A typical day is a day where um, I wake up at, <laughs> I have to start from the beginning, I wake up between 4 and 4.30. Um, this is the reflex of um, a lot of people who work in, on trading floors and with markets or internationally. So I, I kept that because it's also my husband's schedule. So I, I can adapt to that. And sometimes the morning is a very quiet time where I have enough time to do some journaling, um, to read my emails, to go on social media. Sometimes I catch up with my family who lives in Paris. Um, and then after a certain moment of trying not to be too distracted, because it's very easy uh, to, to spend time on these, um, on these things, I uh, allow some time to work out. Uh, I am a big fan of working out from home. Um, I found that we were going to talk probably about how to make a habit uh, sustainable and for for this habit to be sustainable for me, my non-negotiable was it has to be easy and it has to be integrated every day. I don't want to have to think about going outside when it's raining or snowing and what have you. So, I do work out from home, um, YouTube, online subscription, yoga. There are a lot of different things. And then my workday starts. 
My clients are international. I have clients in France and the UK and also in South America. So typically I can have calls with them um, or video calls as early as 7 or 7.30, depending. This is when my day really starts. And then it finishes probably around 8.30. Now, in between, I have client calls, but I also prepare my marketing on social media. I prepare consultations as well. Some of them are in person. Um, some of them are online. So my whole day is really, um, I'm going to say, very flexible in terms of what goes on in between. But certainly what is the most important part for me was to create a structure. Um, mm. When you are self-employed, it's, there, are, there are two pitfalls uh, for self-employed people. The first pitfall, and I, and I certainly fell into both. <laughs> the first pitfall <laughs> is to want to prove to everybody else that it's not because you're working from home that you're not doing anything. So the first part of my life as self-employed woman was to put a ton of things every day. And mm. that was completely unproductive. It was very depleting. My business wasn't moving and it wasn't motivating at all for me. So the second pitfall is to say, okay, now I'm not bound by any corporate uh, agenda or schedule or what have you. So I'm going to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Well, mm-hmm. I'm still a human being <laughs> and I still need to be, to have a deadline. I still need to know where I'm going and why I'm doing what I'm doing. So the middle way, which is the way that is working for me, is to have a structure, but also to have flexibility within the structure. Otherwise, it becomes extremely rigid. And like anything too rigid, it can be depleting, it can be demotivating. And, and ultimately, it's it's not... Um, it's I'm going to say the word good. It's not good for you in the long run. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I agree. I've had a similar kind of experience in a different field as a lawyer. Certainly, I started my career working for a large law firm, going into the office every day and having that structure sort of imposed on me. And then in the last couple of years, I've been working in a different way, still a partner in a law firm, but working almost exclusively from home. And I struggled with some of the same things you talked about, either working from sunup to sundown and beyond because you didn't want anybody to think you were slacking off because you're working from home. If you feel like you have to prove that you're you're still going to be producing and still doing the work or swinging all the way to the other side of, well, I'm home, I can, you know, be in my yoga pants and watch some YouTube in the morning or watch some Netflix, I'll get around to work eventually. And finding that balance and impo- and creating a structure that works for you as a person who works from home uh, can be pretty challenging. Exactly. And I think that the, what counts here is to go back to your why. Why, mm-hmm. why, do I be, why do I want to work from home? Why do mm-hmm. I want to be self-employed? Why me, who is a successful, you, who is a successful corporate, who is a successful lawyer, I'm sorry, um, what is the perk of working from home? And how can I keep uh, this perk 
for myself. And this is where you go to your mission. This is where you go to your purpose. Um, why do you do what you do? And then you go into how can I do it? And certainly for me, the big shift that came probably after I finished the training and, and, uh, everything, the certifications and what have you, which were quite long. Um, but certainly for me, what, what did work was when I stopped this kind of thinking that this is a hobby and went mm-hmm. into no. I am serious. I'm really serious about what I'm doing. I'm, I'm really a professional. And I started really professionalizing my whole coaching business. So it wasn't only the contracts that were made by New York lawyers. My website was professionally made. Um, but it's also my day as well. Uh, I plan my day the same way any business owner would plan their day. Mm-hmm. I make it a personal uh pride in a way uh, not to dress in my pajamas <laughs> or not to take any client <laughs> calls. Well, first I do video calls mostly, so I need to be presentable. But in, in, in any case, it, it's my, my attitude or my behavior are very different. If I wear uh, wearing my pajamas and going on a client call or when I am in my full real business attire, and it includes jeans, it doesn't matter. But these yeah. are the tricks or tips that I found to tell myself, this is serious. This is my business. This is my paycheck. This is my livelihood. But this is also my passion. So I cannot be an amateur in that. I need to be professional. I need to put a structure in place. And I need to find ways to keep myself motivated every day. That's so good. And it's so true. You know, talking about the structure that you've put in place for yourself, you talked a little bit about your morning routine, and then starting your your work day, working with your clients and the various things you're doing. Do you have a certain time of day when you when you say, Okay, my work day is finished now, and then you go into your evening routine? I would like to say yes, <laughs> but I haven't <laughs> found that time yet. Uh-huh. Simply because in New York City um, and, and, and everywhere in the country, and I think in every country, corporate people finish their work pretty late. And this is a job where I depend on other people's schedule as well. Yeah. So what yeah. I do is my, my routine, my, my day is flexible in the sense that I know what I need to get done for myself as well, and I incorporate it into my schedule. So, for example, I give you some examples. Weekends, I have a couple of clients who can only do on the weekend. And I only do these clients on the weekend because the weekend is quality time with my friends or with my husband. In the evening, I know that after 8.30, my brain does not function anymore. So I do know that in the, to the extent possible, I can have a day or two where I finish after 8.30. But most of the time, I put a, a strong stop at that time. And during the day, I take breaks. The same way I tell people as well when they can is even if you're in a corporate setting, take small breaks throughout the day. Go to You can go to the kitchen and make yourself a cup of tea. If like me, you have the, you're lucky that you can just go outside and take a quick walk. Just do that. 
because I think mm-hmm. that we are so much uh, wired into being productive and doing and creating and, and producing that we always forget that we are animal bodies as well. And our bodies need uh, some time off. Our bodies need nurturing. And taking a walk when you have been sitting all day long is an act of self-love. It's an act of, of health as well. Um, and I think that's, that's really my, my main, my main non-negotiable is that I need throughout the day to stop what I'm doing, to clear my head, to do something very different from what I'm doing and certainly to go outside and being French as well. There is a very important thing for me that is non-negotiable. And that was the case as well when I was working in, in, in banking as well is that I do not take my uh, meals when I'm distracted. I just don't do that. So if it's taking my meal for 15 minutes, I carve out these 15 minutes. I just sit and I sit with what I'm eating. I try to the extent possible not to have my mind going into problems and problem solving. And I honor the food and I honor that time as well. And believe it or not, food tastes much better when you pay attention to it as well. Yeah. You know, that is such a such a good point. I, I want to linger there for a minute because I, I think something that I've been thinking about a lot in the last year or so is trying to be more present with one thing at a time. And for me, it's very tempting to, even though I'm working from home, I, if it's, I need to get lunch, it's very tempting to go grab whatever I'm going to eat and come back and sit in front of my computer and eat it while I'm working so I can get more done. And you don't really enjoy the food. You don't really experience the food. You're not really, you're, you're kind of neither here nor there when you do that. And learning to just stop whether it's eating or whatever it is we're doing, having a conversation. How many times have you seen people having conversations where they're supposedly talking, but they're both on their phones at the same time looking at, you know, social media or whatever. But to to do just that one thing at a time and really be present for it is, is I think, so important and a lost art these days. Oh, yes. And and the exact key word, if we have to, to summarize we're early in the podcast, but if I had to summarize the whole podcast, this this podcast, I would say presence, because yeah. presence is intention. Presence is meaning. Presence is you showing up 100% to what is happening right now. And I think we have lost, in a way, for the sake, again, of being ultra-productive and producing uh, we have lost the art of, as you said, of I love that word, the art of being present. Why is that so important? Because nothing is really about the bottom line. Nothing is really only about the achievement or the outcome. But most of what we do is about the process. If we pause for a second and observe ourselves and see how we, we make ourselves completely crazy doing six things at the same time. We are not learning anything from any of the six mm-hmm. things. And most importantly, we are not feeling any satisfaction, any fulfillment from what we are doing. 
And when we have this luxury for 15 minutes, just to pause for a second, to honor the food, to be productive with our bodies, if that's the word that we want to keep, then yes, eating is an act of being productive and being present with what we're doing. The other thing yeah. that I wanted also to, to highlight from exactly what you said is having conversations with other people. I always have in my head this, this, um, this phrase or quote from Aristotle who says, we are animal, we are political animals by nature. And by political, he means we need, we live in societies. We need each other. We need connection. And mm-hmm. for me, um, connection is when you are fully present to the other person, when you are listening to what they're saying, not necessarily uh, racking your head to find the, the answer to what they're saying, but when you are there and you just absorb the words and you just think about what the, what wisdom there is in these words. Um, I like the idea, even in a corporate setting, and this is certainly something that I experienced in my days in corporate, is that the human connection was paramount for me. Not necessarily having allies or having friends, although that happened, and a lot of the people that I am still friends with are actually people I met at work, but it's the quality of the connection. It's the quality of the human experience. This is what we are meant to be, social animals. We're here to talk to each other. We're here to learn from each other. Yeah. Uh, Such an important thing to remember and so easy to forget in the kind of day-to-day busyness that a lot of us struggle with all the time. Um, I love that. Yeah, I think you're right. That that kind of the, the word presence summarizes so much of what we've talked about already. Um, and so I want to talk about, um, how you make that happen for yourself. Um, I, I love your, you know, your suggestion or your practice of, of being present with your meal and, and what you were saying about honoring the food. And, and even if it's only all you have for lunch is 15 minutes, but taking that time to just eat lunch and just be there. And so whatever, whatever other things we're doing to be there and be present while we're doing it, it, that takes intention. That takes a purposeful thought. And obviously you have, um, structured your life and you have made a point of developing a career as a coach, helping other people do some of these things. And so, you know, you might be seen as a, you know, an expert in some of these kinds of things, but each of us, no matter what our life is like, we're, our lives are all a little different and we have different, face different challenges as far as really staying productive, getting the things done that matter most to us. Even though you've studied all of this stuff and you make intentional practices of certain things, do you have any challenges when it comes to managing your life and your commitments? Any, any challenges that you face in being productive in the way that you want to be? Of course, yes. <laughs> and sometimes they, they go back to back as well. My biggest challenge is procrastination. Seems bizarre to say that because coming from um, a background of having to have 
done a lot of work and deals and craziness and a lot of demands from different places when I was in the corporate world, I have a lot of procrastination. And this is a huge challenge for me because when procrastination strikes, I am in that state of complete paralysis. And it's not only paralysis, it goes into my brain and I start questioning why I'm doing this and I'm about to abandon everything. And I learned from myself and I learned why I procrastinate, how I procrastinate, and I have tips and tricks on how to break the procrastination. And these, this is some of them. So to give you an example. I know when I have to do admin work, I get very resentful. I don't want to do that. I don't know anyone who likes to do admin work, but me particularly, it goes into, I don't want to call this and I don't want to call this person. And and I have a whole scenario in my head of how things are going to go completely pear-shaped and I'm going to be angry and, and what have you. So intention and purposefulness starts with me telling my, myself, I have no idea how this conversation will go. So I'm going to stop the doom and gloom in my head and this, this whole TV series that I developed. And I'm going to be going into the conversation in a very matter of factual way. This is, this is my uh, issue here. Um, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm not understanding. Could you please, sir or madam, please help me? Coming from a place of neutrality is extremely helpful because all of a sudden I'm here present to the person. There isn't this kind of background running through my head telling me, you know, they're going to do this and it will never work out, whatever. And guess what? When you are in a way, when your voice uh, is flowy, when your explanation is logical and emotionally detached in a way, the other person on the other side feels it and senses it and their response comes in the same manner. And all of a sudden, instead of having a crazy me completely stressed out on that side of the conversation, I am able to understand what they're saying and I'm able to carry the conversation logically. So this is one way. The other way I beat my own procrastination is I negotiate with myself. I discovered at some point that certain tasks that I don't like to do, when I force myself to do them, it takes me a very long time because there's always this that inner voice that says, oh, this is boring. This is why do I have to do this? You know, that that's that monkey mind chatter. So at some point, I discovered that I can do this, the following thing. I tell myself, number one, why do I need to do this? Well, because if I don't, let's say, find my tax, it's almost tax season. It is tax season. If I don't <laughs> find my tax on time, well, I don't have a business anymore. So yeah, I need to find my taxes. Number two, I really, really cannot get my head around it right now. There are too many paperwork, and I, I don't know how to deal with that. So what I tell myself is, okay, by, let's say, next Wednesday, I will not, between now and next Wednesday, I will not 
think about the taxes at all. I will make sure, I will discipline my brain every time my brain will tell me taxes, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. We said on Wednesday. I put mm. Wednesday in my calendar. It's, it's non-negotiable. On Wednesday that day, I will deal with the taxes. And guess what happened? Because I have freed my brain from the constant chatter, all of a sudden, at some point, and it has always been before that Wednesday, I sit at my desk and I have, let's say, 30 minutes and I think, okay, let me start the filing of all the documents, you know, the W-2s, the da-da-da-da, by categories and what have you. And half an hour later, everything is organized. It's organized in my head. I know exactly how to proceed. I just go on and I do it. And it's done in, let's say, a couple of hours versus it taking me three days to get over the mental chatter and making mistakes and not understanding and being resentful. So this is one way as well that I encourage people to, to explore as well. Um, sometimes just thinking about doing something is so energy depleting and time consuming depleting that it's, you just need to put a sort of deadline, but you need to hold yourself accountable for that deadline. Yeah. So that's that's the discipline part of yeah. I, I love the idea. I love the idea of giving yourself permission not to think about it, to say to yourself, I've put it on the calendar for Wednesday. I'm going to deal with it on Wednesday. Now, you don't have to think about it until, between now and then. And there's something about giving yourself that permission that lets your mind go off and sort of it, it just takes that pressure away, I think. Yes, it's exactly that. It's just, it tells your brain, you know what, maybe you don't have the solution right now, but I'm overloading you right now with what if, what if. So let me give you a break. Just yeah. here is the issue, here is the problem, or here is the topic. I'm going to let you sleep on it. I'm going to let you help me solve it. And in the meantime, I'm going to do other, other stuff that are as productive. The other perk in doing this is that when you do things that are more productive for you right now, you develop, you, you are encouraging yourself. You create victories. You create a sense of achievement versus mm -hmm. something where you are stuck. And the more stuck you are, and, and you know, it is like a vicious circle. The more stuck you are, the more you think about how stuck you are, and very unlikely a solution will happen at that time. If you break yeah. that state for a moment and go and do something that, you feel very proud of or you have that sense of achievement, then all of a sudden you something in your energy, something in your motivation will shift. Like, yes, I, I got things done. This is one last one thing left in my to-do list. And you yeah. feel refreshed and you feel motivated. One of the things that I do when I'm really, really stuck, I just go and do some housework. I know it's very bizarre, <laughs> but the only <laughs> only Knowing that there is my my apartment is cleaner or it smells good or I I don't know I put some a candle or some fresh flowers it just makes me feel good about this and I go back to my desk and it's like okay now we're talking so show me what you got and and I just go and I, and I carry on. <laughs> I like it. Just just doing something different for a little while completely different. And then you can come back to it with a, a fresh perspective. So Maida, you have 
you know, a lot of things going on. You've described uh, what sounds to me like a pretty long day, uh, typically because of the work that you're doing with people in a lot of different time zones and you have things that you're interested in, things you like to do. Do you have any particular tools you like or resources that you recommend that help you with managing your time or keeping track of your commitments or your, your tasks or any of that sort of thing? Any, any tools or, or resources that really work well for you? Absolutely. This is, again, about observing my own process. And my own process is I get very dispersed very easily. So the tools that I use are to help me refocus back. And I'm very (laughs) old-fashioned. What I do like is having a paper-based, you know, agenda, diary, whatever you want to call it, something as old as as the times, <laughs> uh, very old stuff, nothing really out of, uh, nothing actually really technological. And then I have next to it, I do a to-do list. Now, mm-hmm. both have uh, a very good purpose for me. It's a kind of brain dump because as we said earlier, when there are too many things stored in my brain, it's very stressful. I start forgetting things. I'm scared of forgetting things. I get obsessed with not forgetting and what have you. So I write everything down. And then I just flip my to-do list in a way that I prioritize from the most important, urgent, and what have you to the least. And then what's within my control and what's not. And then I go into the classic five in a way. Why am I doing this? So that's important because this is how you tell your brain there is a story. There's something logical behind what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? That's the, the item. Uh, who is doing it? So some things are not in my control, for example, but I might need to send an email, for example, of that. And then where and how. And the idea is, uh, and when, sorry. And this is the other W. And the deadline is very important because you give yourself the discipline in a way to have it done by this deadline. And this deadline is what goes into my diary. So my calendar on my, on my smartphone links to my calendar on my Mac, links to my calendar on my iPad, and reminders. And what I don't want is to have too many things, too many apps and da-da-da. Everything is in two places, a to-do list that I can cross when I've done something, checklist that is paper-based, and then everything on, on, you know, on the iCloud or, or, or digital uh, because that's also the world in which we live in. And, and we need also to stay current and not forget because you notice somewhere and then <laughs> the paper goes to, to the garbage. Have you. Yeah. Um, is there a particular paper-based planner that you like, or do you just use a, just a plain old paper notebook? I have a plain old, but I have discovered recently the planner from um, the habit, the five habits of the highly productive people. It's not. It might not be the right the right title because just I'm drawing blank. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> did it happen? <laughs> but this is um, well. You can send me. You can let me know later, and I'll put a link in the yeah. show notes. But yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah so it's it's nice 
it and it's neat because it, it, it rose from these very successful bullet, bullet diaries and what have you. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's clean, it's simple. It's, I, I don't like anything fussy. I, I just need my brain to see that there's a logic that there is a reason why I'm doing this. And I need my, my brain team to help me get there. Yeah. Excellent. You have so many things that you're doing. You have systems in place. You clearly think about this and you're, you're very intentional about ordering your day. And it's been interesting to me to hear about how you're doing that and the thinking behind it. But I want to ask, even with all these, the systems that you have in place and the structure you've given your day and all of that, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Um, excellent question. Not only a day, but yes, it happens. It happens when all of a sudden there is something, of course, completely unexpected and I have to shift entirely everything and, and I have, you know, life happens. And it, it does happen even when you are self-employed and it does happen uh, in, in the coaching business as well. So this is what I do. First, as we said earlier, this pattern interrupts. So I stop what I'm doing. Even if I think that I don't have the time and everything is crazy, I don't care. <laughs> I just, I, I tell myself now stop and move away from what you're doing. So it can just go and sometimes I take a walk when I'm really very stressed out because also the movement helps with mm-hmm. all these stress hormones pounding all over my body. But it also clears my head. This is the pattern interrupt. After that, I just go back and I go back to my to-do list again. And this time again, very intentional and very purposeful. And I go into what am I trying to achieve here? What is the aim of all this? And it could be, I sometimes have clients, and one day I have four clients who completely shifted my entire schedule and, and I have to reach out people and what have you. And it's, it's much more stressful than it, it, it sounds like for me, at least. So I just go into what is my mission here? And, you know, people, people have lives as well and life happens and sometimes they need to shift. So I go into my to-do list. I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. I calm myself and I just go on and do it like a normal to-do list in a logical and as much as possible emotionally detached way. And the most important part I'm going to say is at the end of the day, when I close my computer, I see myself closing my computer. And I'm going to give you a tip as well that I give to my clients. When you have, and actually you should do that every day if you can, but when you have a particularly crazy day, when you are leaving the office, see yourself, not only in your body, but from an outsider, an observer point of view, see yourself leaving the office from the revolving door and just going away. And saying to yourself, this day stays at the office or this craziness or whatever stays in my computer. Now my day is done. Now I did everything that I had to do. And what matters for me right now, this is my personal time and I'm not going to think about work. Now, Mm -hmm. this is easier said than done. Work will creep up because we have 
our, you know, our emails and what have you. So whenever this happens as well, this is where you go to, I go and negotiate with myself again. I say, yeah, is it, is this email that urgent? Is this email that important that I'm taking away from my own sanity time to reply to it? If it's yes, done. And again, close the email and we're done. And if it's not, then you need to tell yourself, well, you know what? It has to wait for tomorrow because right now is for me. And me time is doing stuff that I like. So I like cooking, for example. I like baking. Um, I like watching TV. Uh, I like talking with my friends. This is a, a sacred time for me where I do things that are nurturing, nourishing, um, energizing for me. And this is also what I advise people to do is that I understand some days are can, can be completely crazy busy, completely without uh, any control, um, out of control. You don't know what to do. By pattern interrupting, you are taking your control back. You are taking your behavior back into your own control by going out or doing something completely different, you are also giving your brain a much-needed break from all these crazy hormones bouncing back all over the place. And by going back and being as emotionally detached as possible from the tasks that you have ahead, you are, again, giving yourself this gift of doing things with intention, with presence, and with logic as much as possible, and then rewarding yourself by being nurturing and respectful to your own body and, and to your own nervous system as well. We, I think sometimes we always forget that we're not meant to work 12 hours a day. We have pets, right? And, and if you look at pets, or even animals in the wild, they do their jobs and then they go to sleep and nobody's going to go and tell my cat, you know what? You should be, you should be chasing this or chasing mouse 24-7. Nobody expect, expect that from them. So we should yeah. not expect that from ourselves. And I understand we have to pay our rent and what have you. So we have to work as well. We have to bring money. But this cannot be at the expense of our own health, physical, mental, emotional, nor at the expense of our relationships. Yeah. Which as you pointed out, as we are social creatures, uh, those relationships are important to our mental and spiritual and emotional health. And so it all ties together and, and sacrificing relationships is just as bad or a part of maybe sacrificing our health. So really good advice. Uh, Maida, what is on the horizon for you? What do you have coming up either professionally or personally that you're excited about and looking forward to? What excites me professionally is as I am evolving in my coaching business, I'm doing more and more new programs. So I have a program that I have launched. It's called a uh, career life accelerator. And I'm, I'm very passionate about it. Because I have incorporated several strategies to help people with two or three life topics that they want to work upon. It could be career issues, it could be financial issues, or more maybe a relationship and, and what have you. And I have integrated a lot of the tools that I already use in my coaching. 
But this time, they are even more focused on these topics. So this is something that I have launched. But I also have several other packages, in a way, or programs launching as well, including one that I did several workshops on recently about financial health and financial wellness. Um, I have that impression right now that people are much more focused on their finances in terms of uh, mortgages and loans and savings and what have you. Um, but financial wellness goes beyond that, actually. It's not only about uh, paying paying your dues or, you know, saving for your retirement, what, what have you. It's about having a very emotionally detached relationship with money and using money as your tool to feed your dreams and to fuel and fund your dreams and not just because, you know, you need to have a, an emergency fund, so you're only working for that. So this is, these are the two things that are on the horizon for the moment. Sounds really interesting. So where can people connect with you online? If somebody wants to get more information about what you're doing or just wants to, you know, touch base with you, where's the best place for them to find you? So there are different places. Um, my website is maida.podcoaching.com and my email is maida at maida.podcoaching.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at MyDapoc, uh, on Facebook at MyDapocCoaching, and on Instagram at MyDapoc. <laughs> and we will put uh, we will put links to all of those places in the show notes. So if anybody wants to, just to thank you for being part of the this program, or or maybe to find out more about some of the things that you're doing. Uh, those links will be in the show notes. This has been so helpful. Before we go, Maida, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help, maybe a little encouragement in getting things done and making a life that matters? What, what would you say to her? I would say to the person that shifting your perspective starts with understanding or accepting that everything that you do or everything that happens to you or for you is part of your learning experience. So whenever you feel extremely stressed, whenever you feel that you're not having it together, take a step back and see and ask yourself, what, what am I here to learn about what is happening? Where are the things where I am asked or called to improve? But also, and most importantly, just look back and see all the good things and all the achievements and all the victories and everything that you have accomplished in your life. I think really that we live in societies where everything is about the future achievements, which really does not exist because we're working on it. And very few times do we stop and pat ourselves in the back and say, wow, my goodness. I, I survived high school. <laughs> I survived this and that. I did all of these things. I have a beautiful family or I have this beautiful business. Whatever you feel that you're proud of, we are proud of, just remind yourself every time you feel down, every time something is not going the way you would like them to go. Because at the end of the day, you are a creature who has achieved much more than what you think you have. And it's important to remind yourself this as many times as possible 
and not necessarily to look for outside achieve or outside validation, but to give yourself the gift of self validation, of self respect, of self pride, and and go from there and see how how the, the chemical reactions are going to change your mindset, are going to change your mood, and are going to energize you as well. Excellent advice. A great reminder for us all. Maida, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. And thank you, Laura, for inviting me. I'm so honored and and so happy to have met you. So thank you very much for that. It's was such a great honor and a lot of fun to talk with Maida. FYI, after our conversation, Maida let me know that the planner she mentioned is the High Performance Planner by Brendan Burchard. We'll have a link in the show notes in case you want to check it out. So as I said, I did really enjoy talking with her. I'm very thankful to her for taking time to share with us her thoughts on how she manages her own life, for her suggestions and encouraging ideas for the rest of us. I was struck by how some of the things she mentioned, especially at the end when she was talking about seeing everything that happens to us as part of our learning experience, uh, that really tracks with the things I've been reading in, for instance, The Obstacle is the Way, which we discussed on episode 281 a couple of weeks ago. It really is all about our perspective, isn't it? That's that's what struck me as I was listening to her talk and kind of thinking about the things that she and I discussed. But what do you think? Do you have any questions or comments about the things that Maida and I discussed? I would love to hear from you. I know she would. Please feel free to share your questions or your suggestions, your ideas in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 283. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're a member of the community online in Facebook, in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. If you'd rather discuss this with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I would love to hear from you. Remember, if you're interested in seeing how FreshBooks can help you run your small business more effectively, just visit freshbooks.com slash TPW. Remember to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section to get started with that free 30-day trial. And thank you so much to FreshBooks for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Maida. I hope you found something in it that was encouraging, maybe even practical ideas that you can put to use right away. I'd love to hear from you if that's the case. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.